but certain analysts have said, hey, JP Morgan's sitting on a billion ounces of silver. And while that's not evident in their COMEX depository account, it's possible they could hold it somewhere. It could be sitting in the COMEX vaults under eligible, right? So it doesn't get reported as tradable commodity. Or it could be sitting somewhere else. Could someone just sit there and have a year's worth of mine supply sitting under the rug somewhere? Is, is that possible? Welcome to Gold Silver Pros, where you'll learn the ins and outs of the gold and silver markets. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Our affiliates are of the utmost trust, quality, and highest customer service in the industry. Shop with our trusted partner, Arc Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website, or call 307-264-9441. Hey everybody, this is Rob Keen, so goldsilverpros.com. We're recording this on September 15, 2022. Should be out on the channel the same day, and I've invited three returning guests to the program. You know them all. Uh, Jim Forsyth, Citizens for Sound Money and Silverback Precious Metals, Ian Everard, our business partner over at Dark Silver, and of course, our good friend, Chris Marcus of Arcadia Economics, who was the first daring person to put me out on YouTube <laughs> and started this whole thing years and years ago. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Rob. Well, we want to get an update on the silver markets. Why I had you guys together? The purpose of this roundtable is talk silver. It's the hot topic in precious metals right now. I've been stoking those flames admittedly and on purpose and in talking about the silver runoff because it's something I talked about a couple of years ago or about a year and a half ago. And it's and I wanted to point out that it's actually happening, people not to get too discouraged if you're just looking at the price. But there seems also to be some, some thought about, well, are we really in a shortage condition? So I wanted to start with you, Chris. You, I think you've been contemplating where we are in the silver market. Are we really in shortage? What does it actually look like? Maybe give us your thoughts on that as you've been thinking about that lately. Well, we've seen metal coming out of the COMEX registered inventory now below 50 million ounces. And as Ronan Manley has taken the lead, doing a great job of reporting, mm -hmm. we've seen metal coming out of London um, declining for over a year now. Um, mm -hmm. COMEX really declining ever since the silver squeeze thing back in February of 2001. Wondering where that metal's going. We see India reporting a lot of uh, inflows, and I'm sure Ian can talk about what he's seeing on the dealer side, where it seems like people are continuing to buy silver. Whether it's a run on the COMAX, I personally think it's a little early to say that. Um, we have seen lower mm -hmm. levels of inventory on the COMAX. We've seen lower levels in London. Mm -hmm. One thing I heard someone mention that I've been thinking about that I thought was interesting is that it is a bit of a different environment now than at either of those previous times. Certainly the whole Wall Street silver thing that started a year and a half ago. I think there's a lot more people who are thinking about silver, talking mm -hmm. about silver, and are sitting there posting pictures of their stack. And mm -hmm. I don't run into too many people that have actually been selling physical silver back. So obviously on the pricing side, ever since the Fed started hiking rates, which, you know, it's interesting to think, think about back a year ago this time, there were a few people who even thought the Fed was going to raise interest rates, let alone go as aggressively as they have. So as that's been taking place, you know, we've seen the, the contracts being sold on the COMEX. Um, but yet at the same time, I have yet to run into many people who are actually selling physical. So that's led to some issues with backwardation. 
We've seen a spike recently in the silver lease rate and also the SLV share is getting harder to borrow. So a lot of signs indicating that there's stress and a bit of a mismatch. Um, how that plays out, we'll see. I think it's, you know, again, you factor in that the Fed's hiking, continuing to hike after the last CPI report. Now, some percentage chance, uh, still a, a an underdog, but some, some are even calling for the possibility of a 100 basis point hike. So there's some counterbalancing factors, yet we are seeing stress in the market and um, pressure building there. Any other comments from, from you guys, Jim or Ann? I know you're more closely involved in actual distribution of silver and sourcing silver. What are your views from like a physical perspective? Chris brought up some good points. We've been here before in silver. We've been here where we haven't had a lot. And that's something that happened pre-COVID. We were very thin on silver on the COMEX. And all of a sudden you see this massive inflood of silver and where the hell did it come from? It was just and silver and gold at the same time. They just like dumped it on a COMEX. And I guess the concern from a lot of people out there is, is there another stockpile somewhere? Uh, certainly we've done research on the various markets, but there are a lot of private holders. Um, what are you guys seeing from uh, the retail side? You're see seeing a lot of buying, but are you seeing people come out and say, you know, I've, you know, Ian, I've got, you know, two million ounces of silver. I'd be willing to give it up at 50 bucks an ounce. Do, are there any anecdotal examples of, of those types of stockpiles? Um, I've had a few people comment that their exit strategy is $50, $60. And I tell them, don't be so silly. It, the party will only just be getting started at those sort of rates. And it's, mm -hmm. and I think the volatility is going to increase even higher. We mm -hmm. could see when it breaks through 30, we could see it surge to 40 and then come back to 32 and just mm -hmm. bounce around. Yeah, I mean, that's a typical <coughs> sign um to, you know as a crisis of supply we get these crazy wild fluctuations um but at the end of the day we're a lot closer to having lower stockpiles and is is there a secret stash hidden i doubt it i haven't seen any any evidence um it's possible but I think a, a, a lot of the buyers now, the big buyers, um, that uh, my, my clients, they're first-time buyers, and they're 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 not buying to speculate. Um, they're they're buying for their grandchildren. So they're talking 10, 15, 20 years. They're just putting it away because they 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 looked at history and over history, the the precious metals always give our accounting for currency debasement and we've had the greatest worldwide currency debasement ever as far as far as i i know and ian that's a very traditional view on precious metals one that i hold by the way i agree with you but there's another view uh bix weir somebody's talked about this a lot other people have as well certainly not the only one but certain analysts have said hey jp morgan's sitting on a billion ounces of silver and while that's not evident in their comex depository account it's possible they could hold it somewhere. It could be sitting in the COMEX vaults under eligible, right? So it doesn't get reported as tradable commodity. Or it could be sitting somewhere else. Could someone just sit there and have a year's worth of mine supply sitting under the rug somewhere? Is, is that possible? Well, if they did and that information came out, what would happen to the silver miners? They'd just pack up and go home, wouldn't they? They'd just <laughs> shut, shut a, they would shutter the mines they could exploration would cease so the supply would would virtually stop 
from the silver, you know, the 20 to 25% that comes from primary silver mines. Combine that with a worldwide depression, which I think we're in, um, and then the, we're going to get a drop off potentially in copper, zinc, and lead mining, where 70 yes. to 80 percent of the silver comes from. So it, it could actually increase the shortage by someone announcing there's a huge stockpile because it would curtail any uh, future exploration and development of projects. I mean, if we're close to all in sustaining costs around the $19. I mean, for some mines, they're not even viable at that with the increased labor rates, increased governmental costs, permitting, increased fuel costs, breakdown of globalization, you know, costs are gonna get higher and higher for equipment and technical expertise. Mm. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Jim, from your perspective? I know that you do a lot with Silverback in terms of distributing metal and, and making it available to people. And in terms of supplies, have you noticed any shortages or are you hearing anything from the community about what's going on with silver? Well, first of all, I want to respond to Ian's customer saying he was setting a dollar price target or whatever. I, I agree that that's, you know, even if you are going to set a target, it shouldn't be in dollars, right? Because if he sets a $50 price target, well, what's what's gas at the time that silver? it's $50. Is gas $15 a gallon? If so, it's not the time to sell silver, you know, because silver would be undervalued relative to gas. So um, yeah, in terms of us, we're, we're a much smaller sample size than Ian, um, but we, we, we did see kind of a slow summer. Um, and then that's that's really picked up the last couple of weeks. Um, we've, we've got, uh, you know, one deal of someone wanting to trade the thousand ounce bars for the smaller products. Mm -hmm. And so that's that we're going to get 18 bars that way. Um, but but yeah, I mean, here's the thing is if, if, if there's some big player with a stockpile, okay, well, if, if they're using that to keep prices down, right, it, it would only make sense for them if they think they can then buy it back, right? Mm. Um, they're not just going to give, you know, give away their silver. So that, that's, that's always my fear is, is you know, something like that happens keeps price down long enough for people to lose interest we know the values there if there is a stockpile it's still finite um the dollar is still in trouble mm -hmm. um, and so we still should be holding precious metals um so you know a, a big player could do something like that temporarily and you know maybe that's why this this correction has lasted so long but um the hope i think would be that we all go away and, and give up you know um so, um, which I don't plan on doing, and I've been encouraged by, you know, other people, you know, using this as a, as a way to accumulate, because that's what the big players have done is use price weakness to accumulate. Um, but, but now average citizens, average people are doing that, which is, is really great. And, and thanks to people like Ian and you guys for educating people on it, because um, now is the time to keep accumulating. Yeah. I have my thoughts on this, I'm, and I've talked about this in public, although I have more that I want to say. I'm not going to put it out on the, the public part of the channel. I'll put it on my uh, new unfiltered broadcast that we'll be doing once every couple of weeks because it's speculation, and I don't want to put it out over the U, just the free YouTube channel. I want to, I want to introduce that concept in, in more of a, a closed door because I'm going to take the data that I have, and I'm going to throw out some high-end speculation on what's going on. I suspect that a couple of things are in play just at a simple level. Yes, we're having some runoff in silver, 
know they don't want the market to know it because silver is critical in everything. It's what I talked about in my recent speeches at conferences is silver is probably the most critical thing in the world outside of like food, water, and air because everything needs it. And so I think that there is management of that market. We saw Ross and Benham mention that at the Boca V conference. They actively were managing the market. And I think there's reasons why they're doing it. I also suspect there's a bigger game in play than just for silver as money. And I think that that's elevated the game above where most of your silver commentators are going to talk about it. Most are going to talk about it as a precious metal, as constitutional money, as something it, uh, that individuals can have to store wealth. But I think silver, when looked at in the international perspective and in the big player markets, looked at something completely different. And I think that's what people are missing. I think people are missing how silver has become a critical mineral for development of society across the world. And I've got some additional thoughts I'll, I'll, I'll put on that uh, when I get to that uh, member's video. Uh, wanted to turn attention really quickly, some big sales that come through, and I'm going to turn it to you. We had, I think, a $3 million sale come through ARC. Can you give us any detail about that? Because people are really interested. They're interested in the, you know, the big one that came through Miles Franklin. They're interested in the big ones that are coming through you. What did that order look like? Can you give us anything on it? Yeah, very basically, some very smart people who worked incredibly hard to build dollar wealth mm -hmm. um, are turning it into silver. Um, multiple reasons, one of them being privacy. Mm -hmm. It's about the last, the precious metals are about the last thing that um, are going to maintain or increase your purchasing power and have as much privacy as we're going to find in, I think, anything now that's, mm -hmm. that we can put our dollars into. So that was a major reason. They mm. intend to redeploy, possibly. They've come out of real estate. And if they time it right, they'll probably get 10 times the real estate back. Mm. So some people are doing that play. But many people um, have built wealth up or have inherited wealth. Um, <clears throat> they see that their <clears throat> children um, don't necessarily understand the signs of times and and they think they're going to retire on Bitcoin and stuff like that. Uh, sorry, any crypto fans. Not many people are going to become rich on crypto. Just a few. Mm. And so they're storing it up to pass on to the grandchildren. And then you look at what the central banks are doing with digital currencies. The Fed now, I think a lot of people are saying it could be fully active mid to late next year. Mm. When we go fully digital, and we're nearly fully digital anyway, but when we go fully digital, privacy is gone. So even if you purchase precious metals then with your digital currency, it's, it's coded. They know you got it. At the moment, the, the reporting is very limited if, if no reporting required on purchasing precious metals. Um, so is it a loophole that's been deliberately left so, so the elites can do it? And, and follow the rules and not not keep keep privacy possibly so yeah the large sales many reasons but the the, the main reason is the dollar is dying um as arcadia has said you know help you prosper whilst the dollar dies it, it's dying chris saw that a long time ago and it's mm. accelerating so it's dying at what 20 25 percent a year now and we may get a major devaluation they may i have a sense there could be an international uh equivalent to the plaza accord when the dollar was devalued i think we could have a whole fiat currency devaluation 
So you think the the currency may be on its way out, Chris? What are your what are your opinions on that? Do you still think your original thesis around the dollar and gold and silver is still going to come true? I know we've talked about the inventory situation, but do you still see silver as a place in the world for people trying to get out of this next system, which certainly doesn't look like it fits within the original concept of the Constitution in terms of you know free, accurate money that that you know really ultimately is governed by the people? Is that still is that value proposition with silver still there for people? I think so, because none of the original problems that at least led me into silver and I think led a lot of, a lot of other people into silver have changed. Mm. The, the U.S. is still increasing the debt load. There, there's someone on the other half of that that's not going to get repaid, although. I don't, I don't know that uh, reversal in silver is going to happen today. The dollar index, I think, is, uh, is close to 110 right now and has been rising mm -hmm. as the Fed's been raising interest rates. Um, will be interesting. We've seen how silver has reacted while the dollar index has been rising. Be interesting to see what happens when that's finally reversed. Um, again, I don't, I don't think that we're going to have the pivot coming next month or will it be next year there's a lot of stress out there in the economy the real estate market starting to experience trouble similar to 2008 and uh dan oliver's new uh news newsletter came out or not newsletter but their uh fund report uh was reading right before we came on and showing that we're headed towards some sort of breakage so mm -hmm. You know, we hear the debate about is the Fed going to pivot now? Are they going to pivot next year? And that's up in the air. But it's it doesn't seem like there are many who think the Fed's never going to pivot. And then at some point they're going to start printing money again. And mm -hmm. I wonder if that's when, uh, you know, we see a lot of money come into gold and silver. And Ian, you mentioned the cryptos. I thought it was interesting that last day that we were at the silver symposium. There was that young guy who I guess had done pretty well on on Bitcoin. Seemed like he was in his 20s and he was talking about how he retired. And there he was at the Silver Symposium. So I don't know how many people in the crypto crowd fit that profile. But to the degree of if you're sitting there with capital and looking for an asset that's cheap and has the uh, profile to go up in the coming years, certainly I think silver fits that. Um, Perhaps one thing worth that I've thought about quite a bit lately is that at least at the current moment, the supply is meeting the demand. Maybe there's a deficit and perhaps I've heard some suggest and I think is very well possible that some of the metal coming out of these inventories could be meeting that supply gap deficit, but we're not in a silver shortage now. Now, the conditions, when we look at the government mandates for going green and, and making everything electronic and the, the solar panel projections coming out, add on that, you know, it's, it's not at this price encouraging silver companies to go out and launch new projects. The conditions are there to see a, a shortage in the coming years. Uh, Matt Watson does a good presentation where he looks just at the supply and demand numbers and, and says that we're, we're for the next 10 to 20 years, we're headed for a big gap. Now, if you do have that Federal Reserve crisis and finally reversal in the dollar, then that makes for the perfect storm. I think that's why, or that's why a lot of people are holding silver. That's why I'm holding silver. Um, I, I don't think we're to that point yet, 
but it I guess it comes down to how people balance all these factors together and where they see things going. But that's uh, the context of the, the whole profile going forward. We're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And if, if none of those change, and it doesn't seem like there's an easy solution out of that going forward. That's when uh, perhaps we'll see the, the move in silver take place. So you think it could be it could be that whatever's going on with the physical market right now, maybe in preparation as people move around and, you know, take their bets or figure out what they want to do. But the ultimate realization of the silver scenario comes, it, it still has to be the the monetary event, the Fed event, essentially, there were people are going to say, okay, whatever that system is, it's under stress, we need to go somewhere else. Is that your view on that, Chris? I think so. I mean, I think the people who are into silver, a lot of them are buying silver now and mm-hmm. maybe frustrated by the price, but people mm-hmm. who really believe in the, the silver thesis are buying silver while it's cheap. Are mainstream people buying silver right now? Probably not. So when you see uh, more stress in the markets, and again, I think it makes sense that people are wondering about a Fed reversal, and I think there's a good reason to believe that that eventually will be coming, and maybe that's what it takes for the mainstream to go in. Uh, Ian talks a lot about how much silver there's left out there and how many ounces each person would have to buy. We haven't hit that point yet, but certainly if you have that happen and then also factoring on the way that a lot of things trade now based on momentum, where when silver is getting clobbered, I think that's killed a lot of the interest. Mm-hmm. Silver hit 50 back uh, 11 years ago. And then uh, over the past couple of years, sitting below $20, no one cared. You saw during silver squeeze, it changed for a couple of hours, maybe mm-hmm. not that long, but uh, I wonder what happens if silver goes over $30 and then people are talking about it. And then once you have people pile in, there's not that much of it left. That's what would seem to me the the scenario where you have some sort of shortage. We haven't gotten there yet, but those are the conditions that I think would, would need to take place. Jim, next question to you, and you're a part of Citizens for Sound Money, so obviously you're in an advocacy group for some sort of honest money for the people. Obviously, the fiat system, you know, in a lot of our opinions, wasn't it. What is your view on that? Is there a strong undercurrent among people that that you associate with that still believe in the value of silver as money? And do you think people are going to come back to silver, much as Chris is saying, when we get into what these long anticipated problems that we all expect are going to happen with the the Fed and the dollar, especially given the geopolitical stuff that's arisen, seems as though we have a little bit more appetite for de-dollarization going on that may accelerate some of the effects, you know, of the end of the dollar potentially. Are, are people still talking about, are there enough people out there that still understand the value of, of silver as money? Um well, it's it's definitely growing, but yeah, there's we definitely have you know a core who who believe that and and who continue to believe it, and then you talk about the Fed pivoting, you know, is it, it soon or is it later? But you're saying everybody thinks they will eventually, um, and and that's what we see is 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 people that are interested in gold and silver as money, they don't know when it's going to happen, um, but they know that it's coming, and and you know because you know. Throughout history, there's been something like 6,000 fiat currencies. They've all collapsed. They've all failed. Uh, usually 30 to 50 years, we're on the long side of that. Um, 
you know, everything, everything's in place. Um, you know, it's a matter of time. And so, you know, for those buying stacking gold and silver, um, you have to be patient and, and view it as, you know, this isn't a trade that I'm making to be rich next year. This is something I'm doing to protect myself um, for what I know is coming or what, you know, is almost a certainty is, is going to be coming, um, you know, and yeah, this is, this has lasted, you know, over 50 years will last 52, 53, 55. I don't know. Um, but, but the signs are all there, uh, you know, with the, with the sanctioning of, of Russia and, and the move away to de-dollarize because people see it now of, I can hold dollars. It's you know, foreign countries saying I'm not going to hold dollars because it's at risk of being sanctioned. You know, everybody's been, lots of countries have been sanctioned at one point or another. Um, you know, then you know, the, the Fed trying to introduce digital currency is not not going to help. I think that's going to hurt things because you know it's a massive invasion of privacy more than they've already done. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it's in the cards. The, the key is you, you know countries. Um, you know, you, you know, may adopt sound money at some point, governments, I should say, mm-hmm. governments may adopt sound money at some point, but they're not going to do it. Um, you know, it's not in their interest to do so. It's in their interest to be able to have turn on the money printer. So they may do it at some point, but I don't think they would do it until things are really, really bad for the people, you know, until there's a really massive outcry until, you know, they're about until the pitchforks comes out. So our big thing is to encourage people to start adopting a sound money, um, you know, adopting sound money on their own using, um, you know, uh, market-based solutions versus government-based solutions. Don't wait for the government to save you on this one. They're not going to. That's an interesting, go ahead, Chris. Just one thought, if I could mention, I appreciate Jim mentioning the sanctions because you've created an interesting environment while the dollar is rallying. You also, while we may not see it on Wall Street, you see countries becoming very concerned about that where, if you're not in line with what policies the U.S. government suggests, basically you get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty scary precedent. And countries are responding to that. We see country day after day joining or making arrangements to join non, uh, non or de-dollarization. And I don't think it's an accident how that resolves, we'll see, but the, just the impetus for countries to be protecting their assets against that, I, I think we're seeing that play out now. Yeah, definitely. So I guess the, the, the last thing I want to talk about, um, a little bit the elephant in the room when it comes to precious metals and cryptos, and, and realizing that we're not all crypto experts, but we understand, I think we all understand them fairly well. It seems as though the crypto complex, not only Bitcoin and Ethereum and Monero and those types, but just this blowout of 10 plus now thousand different types of coins has grabbed the attention in particular of younger generations who are more maybe mobile friendly and tech friendly, but also has grabbed the attention of people looking for alternatives to the dollar. I think we've seen some chinks in the armor of the cryptos. I've been critical of them in the past, although full disclosure, I am mining Bitcoin. I will say this though, from a Bitcoin mining perspective, that process has been more fraught with with issues than anything I've done in precious metals. So the system itself is complicated. And I think the cryptos are very fragile, maybe more fragile than people understand. But my question for the group is, obviously a lot of attention is going to crypto. Has that muddied things from your perspective from the value of precious metals? Are they complementary? 
in any way do you think having cryptos as an alternative competing currency could be good for the metals and think about Ron Paul and talking to Bernanke and holding up a silver coin and saying we need alternatives should we just open up this free market completely or do we think the cryptos are drawing attention from the metals and that could be affecting you know that market in a, in a way that people you know are making an either or decision between the cryptos and the metals i'll leave that open for anybody if you want to cover it i i have some thoughts on that one uh okay. i've gone back and forth over the past couple of years where i think the people are into silver and gold uh, a lot of them buy silver and gold and that isn't phased yet mm -hmm. Hey, I look at the market cap of some of the cryptos. I think the top five cryptos on coin market cap, their their individual market caps are each over the the market cap or the value of the above ground inventory of silver, which mm -hmm. is interesting. And um, also, it, when I think about where I first heard of Bitcoin, this was probably back in 2011, and it was actually from a guy that I used to buy silver from. We worked for Peter Schiff's gold and silver operation so he started under Schiff was selling gold and silver and then over the years i i don't i don't know if he kept any of his gold gold and silver but was certainly heavily into bitcoin and you know moved his career over to that was focusing on that so i think there is a degree that it has taken some attention mm -hmm. away um I wonder how much of the crypto technology is actually being used productively right now. Um, so uh, I suppose if we see more implementation of cryptos, then that could have an effect yet. Um, I just wonder, you know, it's interesting when you look at the pricing of crypto, I mean, how do you actually price something like that? Is it worth 20,000? Is it worth 60,000? Mm. How much is it actually being used? Um, so we've certainly seen a lot of money go in there and mm. I don't know what the uh, true measure of how much that's taken away from gold or silver, but as you were saying that, and I was thinking about how the guy that I first heard of it was selling gold and silver for a shift mm -hmm. and then he went completely into crypto. I, I, hindsight, I think there's some degree to which that has been the case. So I think the advance of crypto has been a fantastic thing. Um, mm. But but from the beginning, you know, I found out about Bitcoin back in 2010 when I was running for office and my campaign manager told me about it. But, for, but from the very beginning, you know, I saw it as a really great idea, but that, you know, they should pair it with gold and silver. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you know, because if you think about it, people talking crypto versus gold and silver, which is it? Well, for, for, you know, assuming the government doesn't adopt gold and silver as money. Um, how are you going to go spend your gold and silver? You can, you can trade it at a coin shop, you can barter, but in this day and age, you've got to have a digital component. And how are you going to have a digital component if the government's not involved? And then along comes blockchain and solves that problem. Um, so I, I think people are making a mistake to say, you know, is it one or the other? I think it's a, the combination. I think asset backed digital currencies, I think are going to really continue to grow. And the crypto space has been a really great technology proving ground to develop those technologies that they that then can get paired with the asset in the end i think it's going to be up to people to decide what what they want to use as money some some may use bitcoin some may want to do gold and silver but that market of ideas um that that crypto has brought out has i think been absolutely fantastic and 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 thankfully you have people like Lawrence lapard and uh, Will so and just real quick to interrupt you you think that has increased education for people on alternative money 
outside the dollar and maybe open the mind of people to look at yeah. other things. Yeah. And I was going to say that as well. I mean, first off, it educated a lot of people that, mm. that you know, may not listen to some boomer talking about gold and silver, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, you, now it's crypto. It's, you know, be, because, and, and rightly so, if you're 20 years old and somebody says, this is money, this is going to be our new money. They're going to go, mm. How do I send that to my friend? You know, how do I buy stuff on eBay? You know, whatever. we're used to using Cash App and Venmo, and right, know. exactly. And, <laughs> and and so crypto kind of solved that problem, you know, in a non-government way. And mm -hmm. and so it's it's brought a lot of attention to fiat, and and you know they said digital gold, um, you know. So so but now with the what what I, I think I've seen a lot of is with the big massive pullback that we've had in crypto, and and um, you know the the. Kinesis KAUKAG gold and silver in rel in relation was much, much stronger. It held its value really well. Um, you, you start to see people going, okay, you know, I thought this was a sure thing. Now I understand that this there's a lot of risk involved in crypto. Um, you know, maybe it will, you know, maybe Bitcoin will become, you know, the monetary standard of the future, in which case it's a million dollars per Bitcoin. But maybe it, it's not. Maybe it goes to zero. You know, it makes sense yeah. to diversify your sound money portfolio into things like gold and silver and, 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 you know, with exchange pairs, you know, Kinesis, um, KEUKG is a great way to do that because you can directly swap between Ethereum or Bitcoin or, or whatever into gold and silver and back and forth. So Kinesis has created a way to facilitate gold and silver trade using a crypto like, and it's different token technology, but using a crypto like interface, they use Stellar, I think is their underlying blockchain. So it is blockchain based. Yeah. And they've created an exchange and, and what they've done is they've created that exchange on top of the physical exchange, which they built first, they built a physical gold and silver market. Once that flow was there that they needed, then they just connected, you know, the token to it. And I have lots of comments on that. I'll save for the end. Ian, did you have any uh, comment on the crypto piece? My suspicion is it's being allowed as a distraction. Hmm. That's my suspicion. And because it's extremely volatile, that scared a lot of people out of thinking there is an alternative to the dollar. Because even with the debasement, the dollar appears day to day to be stable. We don't, it doesn't go up 20% down, 20% day in, day out, doesn't oscillate. So my suspicion is we've been allowed to have cryptos and possibly the volatility has even been increased by some government agencies some big big players with limitless pockets who can cause it to be volatile um i was talking to a friend yesterday very smart guy and he says well explain to me why silver is a good idea because it's so he's scared because it's so volatile and it goes way back to when Americans were allowed to own gold in significant amount. They brought in the, the, the paper gold to make the, the paper price extremely volatile to scare people out of holding it. So I, my suspicion is it's been allowed as a distraction. Um, my, another big concern is there's no moat around any particular crypto. The cost of entry, I think, is about half an hour of a good developer, and you can have a Rob coin. Could have a Chris coin, could have a Jim coin, an Ian coin. You should do a Rob coin. My dog could have a coin. I'm thinking about doing a Jimmy dog coin. That'd be pretty cool. But right. there's no cost of entry. Whereas this stuff, sweat, blood, tears, and geology limits it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So crypto is in is in you can have an infinite number, a finite, infinite number of finite is infinite. <laughs> so there's yeah. it can be diluted forever. This in the same way as fiat currencies. Well, they can't be diluted forever because it collapses, people lose all, all, all trust in it. So that, that's my concern is it's been allowed and the volatility has been actually exacerbated beyond what peer-to-peer, -peer, what a normal guy on the street would, would be doing. Um, and again, frighten people back into the, the good, cosy government system. Um, but yeah, it's per personal choice, but at least you're thinking if you're getting out of the dollar into something else and those... You know, like Chris said, that that crypto guy is looking at having his own silver coin, <laughs> and, yeah. and his reason was, why have something? Why get a a cap or a pen or a mug that you know has zero value? Why not get something that has permanent value? So, if a guy like that and he's a huge influencer is waking up to to the value of something that is real and permanent, mm -hmm. and that that's what we need. And and again privacy i i don't understand whether crypto is private or not but from what i understand do understand is every transaction is recorded that's how it's proof of work and that's how the transactions are proved so with supercomputers well the good guys and the bad guys are going to get supercomputers you can work out who's moved what where when throughout all history of crypto that's what i love about asset-backed digital currencies it retains that cash component to it you can yeah redeem for physical, uh, spend it in barter or trade, and you still have that um, privacy. Yeah. yeah. Option for privacy. Yeah. I do think you all make good points, and I agree with all of you in terms of the cryptos. I think the original idea was something more along the lines of let's create a competing currency that solves our problems. I think it was meant well. I do think certain parties have gotten involved in the cryptos, and maybe they're being influenced in certain directions that may or may not align with that original vision. And so I have concerns that when you have a system like that that can be manipulated, we're going down the same road we went down with bullion, which was manipulation on the exchanges, manipulation of flows, lack of transparency. I think we see that in the crypto complex. I think that they both have that in common, that they're being messed around with by people that have certain objectives. And it'll be interesting to see over the next few years which one or both, hopefully, are freed up to meet their original purpose. I guess the bigger risk is, and we can probably all agree on this, if nothing is allowed to be a freely trading honest money, if we don't get gold and silver, if they continue to, to control that with tyrannical you know, edicts or whatever, and they mess around with the cryptos and we can't get a truly sound money there, you know, what, what do we do now? Uh, we, we have to, I think, to interact in society, have some sort of free money. That's the big question. What do we do? So I think the people that may be attacking crypto and gold and silver are the same, and that may be where gold, silver, and crypto people can come together and say, hey, we're all fighting the same enemy, ultimately. Maybe we should all get together and try to figure this out together. Maybe that's the takeaway. It shouldn't be gold versus crypto or silver versus crypto. It should be, let's all to get together and figure out a way we can deal with the common issue. And the common issue is we all want free money. There are parties that may not want that for whatever reason, how, how do we address that issue? And maybe that's the big takeaway there. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, on, the real, real, on the real, real big picture, Rob, I think, unfortunately, we're in a situation now, the majority of Americans, even if they perceive something as badly wrong, haven't mm -hmm. got the capacity 
the financial capacity or the mental capacity to step out of the system. So I think we're going to get a very divided United States in that maybe 80-90% of the citizens are going to be compliant with whatever the government says. And then they're going to allow five or 10% of us who have formed an alternative, gone on our own standard, gold standard, silver standard, or even crypto standard, people who have stepped out of the system, we may be allowed to, to carry on with some degree of independence. But unfortunately, the majority of Americans are going to be slave to whatever the political system tells them to do. Um, with 60, 70% living paycheck to paycheck, was it 45 million on the SNAP food program? 50% of Americans not paying any tax. Um, the dependency on government, we have a command economy already in America. And I think I've spoken about it before. And unfortunately, that's communism isn't it or fascism either mm. just as bad as ugly when when the government is deciding allocating everything it goes it it doesn't end well for the for the citizens so it sounds a bit gloomy but there's still a window of opportunity for people to get out of the system and it might mean cutting back your lifestyle cutting some subscriptions and not buying that new car or selling us some spare stuff but i i do sense the, the window of opportunity is narrowing on to, 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 to escape from what's coming down with the central bank currencies, digital currencies. And, and I think that's one reason why a lot of people are moving a, a large amount of wealth out of the system. Well, that's, that's why Citizens for Sound Money sees business owners as such a key. Yeah. Um, and we have businesses adopting you know, asset-backed digital currencies, um, the company I work for has, um, because not that way in this transition, if the business is adopting gold and silver as money, then they can start paying their workers in gold and silver. Um, you know, so yeah, they may be living to paycheck to paycheck, but if the business does the right thing, it can help get them through this as well. Yeah. Chris, any last thoughts on that one or any uh, wrapping comments for you? Um, no, I think that makes sense what they're both saying. And it, it's just a good thing, I think, that people are thinking about alternatives, whether they opt into cryptos or gold and silver. But I guess that was why I started my channel a couple of years ago, where after studying the housing bubble and the response to the housing bubble, seeing that this wasn't over and uh, perhaps has dragged out longer than I might have expected and, and probably will continue to go longer than we would expect. Um, on one hand, I suppose I get it. The Fed, what, what are they supposed to do? Say, oh, we'll let it crash and give up our power. So yeah, I, I, I get it. And uh, it's, it's a not an easy situation for anyone, but certainly a good time to be thinking about it and um, appreciate you, Rob, the things that you're doing and just mm -hmm. introducing information and letting people know what's going on out there. And Think people have to make their own decisions what they feel is right or how they see things playing out but at least being aware of things being uh, that things are changing yeah good points thank you very much i agree with you and, and thank you chris for everything that you've done and all you guys for all that you've done the group of guys that we have here and the reason i had them on the program is because they've all done something in their own personal life that not only edifies their personal beliefs but they're doing things to help other people chris with the education piece of course in the awareness and for as long as he's been doing it and Ian and Jim with not only education, but also providing a market for people that want to get interested. 
And I think it's pretty clear right now, and the reason I held this particular roundtable this week, it's pretty clear right now that there seems to be a lot of uh, personal inventory over positions as we get closer. What we all see is going to be some sort of big systemic change and maybe tough times coming our way. Uh, how do we deal with that? And I feel like people are getting more introspective and questioning everything as we get closer. And I think that's normal for us to question it. And we certainly want to provide the forum with different ideas here for you. And that's why I put people on the program that don't necessarily agree with me, you know, Lobo Tigres and, and Leo Gansas of the world, because I want to bring that holistic view because it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to wonder what's going on. But I think it does help to keep ourselves educated and remember why we're here and don't necessarily lose faith because every philosophy I've ever looked at, religion, self-help book, whatever, it's always it gets darkest before the light. You'll question more as you get to the conclusion. And But I think if, if we believe in what we believe and we stay strong, we'll be okay either way. I think Jim made a good point. Diversify a little bit. Uh, Ian made a good point. Make sure you're staying tuned to what's going on. You know, Chris is, is one of the channels out there to educate you on that as well. Um, and I think that's important. So thank you guys for the roundtable. I appreciate it. We'll do more as we go along with the channel. Until next time, this is Rob Keats with Gold Silver Pros. Thank you.